you join me in praying together? Dear Lord, help us to know that you are life. We sing that uh, you're our breath uh, in our lungs. I pray we would know, I pray I would know that only life is in you. Many of us try to find life in, uh, in fun, in, in sports, uh, in careers, uh, in a person. And I pray you could wake us up or your word wakes us up, your spirit wakes us up to see that uh, life is, uh, is in you, Jesus. And then we have you, we have everything. So those of us who do have you, we don't have to, to worry, we don't have to be wrecked with anxiety. Uh, even if we're in the pits, even if we're facing January blues, uh, we know uh, that you're with us. You'll restore us. There's always hope in you. I, I pray that, that would be uh, the faith uh, of these people in this church uh, for our lives. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. You can have a seat. Uh, take your Bibles or uh, a Bible, and you're uh, welcome to take a Bible home. Uh, at the back, uh, we give Bibles out to Matthew, Matthew chapter 2. Uh, we're going to be f- reading a, a very familiar story, uh, but I want to look at it in a different way. You know, one thing that, uh, that, that I, I love is taking uh, a lot of the familiar stories uh, that we have heard or learned in church or Sunday school. I mean, I was raised in church, went to Sunday school, and used to love the the stories in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. Uh, but what I like to do is look at these stories, not as a story, but say, you know, how does this get me closer uh, to God, uh, to Jesus today? Uh, and how does this apply to my life in the here and now? Uh, yes, it's a great story. Uh, yes, it has meaning. But, uh, but what's the point today for me, for us? And so we're looking again, it's a familiar story, it's the story of the wise men. Uh, you're like, Christmas is over, I know, I mean, for some of us, it really doesn't end till February, but, but Christmas is really over, and today though, in church history, and, and I love history, uh, it actually is a Sunday called Epiphany, uh, which many churches uh, read this passage, uh, many churches talk about the wise men, so the Lord led me to it today, uh, but also, I want this to tie into uh, something bigger, first for us as a church, to help us, again, rise with God, help us, help you in your personal life get closer to God. And I want it to direct us to prayer, prayer across this month as we begin this year, 2015, but to pray for today, our church, the people in it, and pray for yourself. Uh, pray that the Lord would help you rise. Pray that you would repent uh, I know some of us don't like, like that word, but I always say repentance leads to revival. Because repentance is just saying, God, I can't do it on my own, and that leads to God coming into your life. Repentance leads to revival. I actually believe this is what this passage shows us. So Matthew 2, and I'm going to read verse 1 through 12. Very familiar story. How does it get us closer to Jesus? And the words will be up on screen. You can follow me in your Bible or just watch the screens. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. 
When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Uh, How does this passage, how does this familiar story help us get closer to Jesus? Well, it can in several ways. First off, signs. A sign. The wise men saw a sign, which was a star. And I would ask all of us, uh, do we see the signs of God uh, in our life? Some of you may immediately say, say yes. Uh, many of us may say no. But, but I'm here to say, just as we said in the baptism that we celebrate God's acting first in the life of a child and a person, I would say God always acts first. Now, you need to hear this. God always acts first. God always initiates. Uh, It's not like we are, you know, wandering around and lost uh, in life uh, or in, like, the woods or in the world and, like, just, you know, desperately hoping for God to show up. God is here in our world, and God acts in your life. And when you come to Christ, it's not that, you know, hey, man, I'm just picking Him out of a couple other solutions for my salvation. God has come to you. We may not even realize it. God is going to come to you in sign. So if you're here today, and, like, you're not a Christian, uh, you're like, well, you know, I'm not a Christian, so God doesn't show up to me. Uh, Yes, he does Uh, in in many ways. Uh, I mean, I see signs in uh, the beauty of the world, uh, in nature, uh, in deer stands. I know, amens, amens. Uh, Or duck, whatever duck. I don't do duck hunting. Chris, Dobby, duck, whatever it is. I mean, did you see God? He gives you a sign. I see God in the sunset, sunrise, beach, mountains, More so, I see the signs of God in relationships, uh, in friendships, uh, in family relationships, uh, even, you know, the family members that, you know, I'm glad, you know, left December 26th. Even those, I mean, the Lord can speak. Uh, Most of all, in a marriage, I see God, y'all saw God just in baby Austin's smile there, in a child. God is everywhere. For those of you who would not claim Christ, God is everywhere. And for those of us who will come to Christ, you know, I like to put it like this. There are two ways a person can be saved because uh, we're all hard soil. We're, we're really all tough soil. There's, so there are two ways a person can be saved. I call it irrigation and sledgehammer. 
Because if you need, if you gotta, if you want things to grow in hard soil, what do you do? Well, one, you irrigate it. Now, I'm not a farmer, but you irrigate it slowly, slowly. So I was a, I was an irrigation salvation. You know what I'm saying? You may not, but over the years, God signs through parents and grandparents and friends and preachers and mentors and the world and life. I got irrigated and was led to Christ. Now, others of us, we may have some amens here. It's like, there was no irrigation to it. There was just a sledgehammer or pickaxe. I'll just say sledgehammer, pickaxe, kind of painful. Just brought down on us to break up our tough soil. And those are kind of the classic salvation stories that, that I love and we love and are real. But you can't have both. And so signs happen to lead us to salvation. Now, if you are a Christian, if you've had, whether it's irrigation or sledgehammer salvation, some of you may be saying, man... I ain't seeing no signs right now. And hey, that's real. I mean, it could be dark. I talked about this Christmas Eve, if you were here. Uh, there's a thing that pilots get, and I can't fly, but it's called spatial disorientation. Where literally the pilots uh, don't know up from down. Uh, they could be caught in a storm or in the wind. And they're told, as they're trained and taught to fly, do not trust your senses. Because you get this spatial disorientation, and if you trust your senses, you're, you're far more likely to crash. Instead, trust the instruments. And so all of us, I've gone through this. I will probably go through this again. Kind of what you call a dark night of the soul, whether you call it uh, depression, or you're like, man, I just don't hear you, God. I just don't see you, God, even if he's everywhere around. And I tell you, and I'm going to say this a lot, trust the instruments. First of all, again, shocker, God's Word. God speaks through God's Word. Uh, his church. Now, that may take a lot of work for, I mean, it did for me to actually trust a church, to trust the church, but we can trust uh, the church. Uh, trust Jesus-saturated people uh, who are walking close with God. So if you're hearing, like, man, I ain't got no signs, and yeah, I had that salvation moment, yeah, I was baptized. What you got for me? Trust the instruments. God will give you a sign. God will show up. God always is acting. He always acts first. So this year, man, look for signs and are your eyes open right now? Next, moving through this passage. Uh, when you get a sign, even a glimpse of it, when God shows up in your life, uh, maybe it's through a church service, uh, maybe through, it's through a song uh, at church or on the radio, Maybe it's through a, a word, a friend, a family member speaks to you. Uh, maybe it's, it's through a deer stand. Or maybe it's through a sunset. Or whatever, You're, you get a sense of God. When that happens, uh, you move towards Him. I hope you move towards Him. But when you start getting this sign, you're like, man, what is God saying? Uh, what's He doing? I mean, I see something, I sense something. Uh, more often than not, you, you'll move to get close to try to understand God. And this is what happens in this passage. Wise men saw a sign. They start moving closer to Jesus. First, they start traveling, like physically. They want to, want to get there. They're following the sign. Uh, but then even Herod, who we're going to talk about in a second, uh, the priests, the scribes, uh, they go closer to, again, God's word. Like, what is this? I mean, what is this sign? What does all this mean? Where do they go? They go into God's Word says he inquired of them, and they, they quote Scripture in Micah. They go back to his Word. So 
when you're seeing signs, when you're hearing signs, when you're getting glimpses of Jesus, we want you to move into the Word of God uh, to get closer to Him. And, And by the way, it's not just God's Word. It is again with what I call Jesus-saturated people uh, and people that, that you trust their, their spiritual uh, discernment and their knowledge to get closer to God. And, and I'd ask you today, I, I'd ask all of you, I'd ask, my, I ask myself this, I'll ask myself again, are you getting closer to Jesus this year, right now? Are you getting further from Him? Because you can also, like, you know, just be bombarded with signs you know, and step back or walk away. We don't encourage that, but we ask. I mean, are you, are you getting closer? Are you moving closer to Jesus this year? Or are you, are you pulling back? Are you going away? Because you're always going a direction. And some of you are like, no, man, I'm just, I'm just chilling out, man. I'm just, I'm just being stagnant. That means you're moving away, okay? That means you're going further away. There is no stagnation. You're either going one way or the other. And what we want is for you to go closer to God, get closer to Jesus. And that's why we talk about, you've heard me say, and you'll hear me say it again and again, rise with God. Uh, you need a very practical Bible reading plan, which we offer you. You need to hear how other people uh, do it. Like, like literally in this interview sheet, we talk about like where we sit in our house, uh, what time of day, uh, how we pray. Like step by step by step, how you can get closer to Jesus. And we, we want this for your life, for our life together. Now, one other thing I would say is for some of us, and, and look, I've been this way and I believe this. Some of us will just say, hey man, I, I just got to believe. You know, I just, look, I just want to believe. Look, I'm here, like, you know, 20 minutes max, 30 minutes. I mean, way too much time uh, in Micah or Isaiah or God forbid, Revelation. And I just don't get that, okay? So I'll just, I'm going to hang on to my faith, brother. I believe, you know, faith, say by faith. And, you know, you can't rebuke that. No, I can't. And, you know, I'm going to just hang there. Uh, well, you know, one of my favorite verses, uh, 1 Peter 3.15. It's not going to be up on screen. I encourage you to write this verse down. It's one of my favorites. 1 Peter 3.15. It says, it says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, and be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope you believe. Yet, that's what I also love about it, do it with gentleness and respect. Let me say that again. 1 Peter 3, 15. Honor the Lord Christ as holy in your heart. Always be prepared to make a defense for someone who asks the reason for the hope you believe, yet do it with gentleness and respect. I say that because to, to grow, to grow closer to Jesus, we got to have time in the Word, and we got to, like, learn and, and understand more. And yes, we got to have faith. We're saved by grace first, through faith. But then there's also this reason that we, that we grow, and you got to have this balance. you got to have this balance. Because it, it's all faith and, like, no reason, then, I mean, people are going to ask. And people are going to say, well, so you're a Christian? Well, like, why? What's that? Well, well, you know, cross. I don't know. I mean, I want to live when I die. I mean, that, you know, that may be... That may be your deal, what you say, but there's so much more. And so, yes, faith, but reason supplements and grows our faith. And just at the same time, you can't just be all here, like, oh, I'm just trying to figure it out. I just, 
got to figure everything out. I mean, some, some of the stuff, you need the faith. So you got to have this balance. they got to complement one another. Get closer to Jesus. Move into God's word. Now, going through this passage, then it talks about Herod. And got to highlight Herod. And here's how I'd say, you know, in terms of for your life today, for our life today, uh, there are Herods out there. Uh, hopefully not as bad as Herod. Herod's a pretty bad dude. Uh, you, you kill thousands of children, you're, you're pretty, pretty bad. Pretty bad guy. But what I'm talking about, people uh, who are conniving uh, and manipulating and will take you away from Christ uh, or uh, manipulate a situation, even maybe use Christ to get their agenda or their ends met. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it's the way of the world because, unfortunately, there's still sin. And, unfortunately, Jesus still hadn't returned. So, I mean, they're, they're Herods in the world. Now, what I say to you is, uh, how do you know, you know, what do you do? You want to grow in discernment. Discernment. Let me say that again, discernment. Uh, how do you grow in discernment? Well, it, it's not like, um, you know, it just comes to you, uh, you know, you just... Send something, you got to get close to God. You get closer to God, you get closer to Jesus, you're gonna, God's going to grow discernment in you. And so that people who will lead you astray, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, um, some of y'all have it, because I mean, I, I see it viscerally. Uh, my wife's one of them, a couple other, actually some women here really, have, I mean, they just, it's like alarm bells just ringing, going nuts. Like, you know, you got to, you know, no, let's, let's um, you know, don't have coffee with them, don't. Let's not go to dinner with him because it's going to turn into, you know, a lot more. My question is, who's the company that you keep? Uh, Does it need to change this year? Look, everybody can be saved. Our doors are open to everyone, which is why it's so critical. The leadership of any church, leadership of any church, from staff, uh, to be honest, to deacons. We have our deacon team, uh, to elders who we will have, is because they're Herod's. And we need discerning people, Jesus-saturated people, uh, to be discerning, to uh, shepherd the flock, as Peter says again in 1 Peter, uh, and to protect uh, new Christians, and to grow in discernment and maturity. So, you know, in terms of the what and the how, again, get closer to God and question yourself. Who is the company that you keep? Do they take you away from Jesus, or are they moving you closer to Jesus. It's a good question. Who is the company you keep? My grandma and my mom said, you know, you're known by the folks you hang with. Um, and I used to rebel against that. I was like, no, man, I can be good and still, you know, hang with folks, you know, uh, smoke dope and do a lot of things work. I mean, I'm good, man. I mean, I'm still going to church. Can an amen there? Is that connected to anybody? Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Who is the company you keep? Does it need to change? It can be a good thing to change your people. Moving on, actually closing up. Then the wise men come to Jesus. And look at this. When they get to Jesus, when they're close to Jesus, there is a result. There's a result. What is it? Well, verse 10. There's joy. Great joy, Matthew says. Uh, They worshiped. Uh, They fell down. I I believe that. uh, The the literal translation entails prayer. So there is worship, exaltation, There's prayer uh, and there's giving. 
Uh, they gave their gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Very nice gifts. Good stuff. You know, didn't just pick it up on the way there. I mean, these were treasures for them that they gave. And then discernment, too. You see how they've grown in discernment? Being warned, they went another way. When you're close to Jesus, and we want all of us to be close to Jesus, there are results, fruits in your life, in our life together. Here's some fruit. There's joy. How many of us, you don't have to hold up your hand, but how many of you have real joy right now? Uh, regardless of the life situation. Okay? And, and I said this earlier, but you know, we're moving into a season. I mean, it's very easy you know, to hit the, uh, you know, after the holidays or beginning of the year blues, you know, coming into that. I mean, it's cold. I mean, I love this time of year. It's going to be like 19 on Wednesday. I'm like, praise. I love that. But for some folks, it's like, man, you know, it's just cold. I can't get out. You know, how many can have joy in this season? Real joy. When you're close to Jesus, regardless, there's joy. There's internal. There's true. There's real joy. Even if you're in this dark night of the soul, get close to Jesus. There's joy. There's more. There is worship. There's worship. And it's not just about like coming and singing. One thing you know, I love about Chris is he, he really tries to focus both us and people who are up here. It's like, you know, it's not about the singing, you know, what we're even saying or singing or however, you know, artists, musicians call it. It's about what God's doing in you. It's like, you know, are you worshiping internally in your heart? And that should be for all of us. And hear me on this. To truly worship, I have to remind myself this. We all worship something. And we all worship what is, what is most beautiful, what is most captivating, what we think is most fulfilling in our life. What is that for you? Uh, maybe it is deer stands or, or duck camps or whatever it is. Maybe it is uh, football. Probably not this weekend. But we did a couple weeks ago, okay? What is it? Maybe it is our career. That if we just get this step and this step and this step, you know, and that, that's, our, that's our worship. Maybe it is uh, our spouse. I mean, that, that can be good. Unfortunately for some, it's not, that's not... Well, who you worship, you know, maybe it's a child. Or maybe it's a son or daughter. What is it that you worship? What, what do you think is most beautiful, most captivating, most fulfilling? Look, to truly worship, and this is, you know, what I want, what our staff wants. We don't want you to come here out of duty. We don't want you to stand or sing or, or read the Bible out of duty. We want it to be because God, God who has come to us in Jesus, who died for us, rose again. The gospel is, is more beautiful uh, and more captivating and more fulfilling than anything else. And, and your life is just an overflow of that. Your life is worship. And when you're close to Jesus, you see the gospel, you know what he's done for you, and, and you live worship uh, in your life as a doctor, as a businessman, as a teacher, as an artist, uh, as a son, as a daughter, as a spouse. And, and the other loves of our lives, which are great, you know, flow from that primal love, primal worship to God. Um, and that's what we want. And that's what Jesus gives us. Gives us worship. Gives us joy. He gives us the desire to give. And that, you know, same thing. If you worship him, you're like, you want to give. You know, thankfully, I'm not going to give specific numbers. I will in, in a couple weeks. You know, we had a wonderful giving year uh, in our life as a church uh, last year year that we can do uh, much more ministry, but there's so much more capacity here. Uh, I know it is. I mean, it's why we're setting a goal this year. I mean, you've heard me say it. I'm going to continue saying it. We call it raise more. 
uh, to give a million dollars in this year uh, that you would give here, but that if you write a $2 check, $1 goes to ministry here, $1 goes to missions out there. That capacity is here. Uh, we, we know it. And we can do more, but we want it to be an overflow. Please don't do it like out of duty or like I said it or you heard it or like, you know, do it like, man, I worship the Lord. It's the gospel. He's saying, I love him first, and I want to see his kingdom advance through the world. That's, that's why. Out of your heart, out of an overflow. And then last thing, I mean, there's discernment here. You know, again, the, the wise men, they, they, they're just close to Jesus. They just, they sense, they knew and God directed their, their life. God protected them. There is so much. Just in this story, this, this Sunday school story, this, this Christmas story. And the last reason I love this is because it really can encapsulate a life, a person. One person's life. Right, how's that? You know, wise men and gifts. Well, it encapsulates the lives that we all have signs or, or our eyes open to see them. Uh, where are we moving? Are we getting closer or further from God? And to get closer to God and Jesus, I mean, you move into his word. Uh, you move close to him. The reality of life is that there are Herods. There are Herods still. We need discernment. Uh, we need good church leadership, discerning leaders uh, in a church body. Uh, we need brothers and sisters of Christ. We need mentors, uh, lay mentors. That means you to mentor and shepherd uh, one another. And then the result here, you see literally what happens when you are close to Jesus when you're by Jesus, there's real joy. There's real worship. There's giving not out of duty. There's prayer. There's discernment. All that. It's a life. It's also the life of a church. It's what we want. That our eyes are open. That we're always moving to Jesus. That we are discerning. That we're into God's word. And that people see results. Fruit. So we're going to close today. I'm going to ask you to pray, okay? And pray specific prayers this month. Specific prayer is for you, your life, and also we ask you to pray for this church. For your life, you could pray a, a number of different things. Seriously, don't just get, up, get ready to get up and take communion, okay? Listen to me here, okay? Pray specific prayers. Uh, your prayer may be, hey, Lord, open my eyes that I could see. Uh, your prayer may be, Lord, um, help me be discerning. It may be, Lord, help me change the company I keep. It may be, Lord, help me to move close to you. It may be, Lord, I want this joy um, that this fellow's talking about. And, and I just don't see it. You know, open my eyes to have joy. It may be, Lord, you know, help me know true worship is in you. And true worship is what you've done. And that no matter how good I am or how bad I am, I'm going to be the same in your eyes. You're going to love me. And I'll worship you for that. Pray for yourself uh, that you'd repent. I said this earlier, repentance leads to revival. You're like, what does that mean, repentance? You talk about revival, repentance is saying, God, I need you. Uh, in this area uh, of maybe a certain sin, in this area of you know, where I've just trusted myself more than you, when you repent, you will be revived. Repentance leads to revival. So think about what, what do I need to repent of? You know, I mean, that's not just sex, drugs, and I mean, not rock and roll, but I mean, you know, sex, drugs, pick your poison. It's like, God, when have I relied on myself more than you? Give your heart to the Lord. There will be revival. And then just pray for this church. Pray for this church that our eyes would be open, that we'd be moving closer to Jesus.
that we would really worship, not out of duty, out of love. That we would give out of love, not out of duty. That God would grow His kingdom through us. Uh, Not to just be a church or a good church or whatever church. You know, again, I don't believe in any great churches. I believe in a great God, period. We're not a great church. We serve a great God, period. We want to worship a great God. So I ask you, even if you don't consider this home, just pray that God's light would shine here and that we would help His kingdom advance. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that there's so much in your word for our lives in the here and now. I pray for these people. I pray that they would come to repentance and you would lead them to revival in their lives, in their marriages, in their families. I pray for this church that you would lead us to repentance daily as we rise with God. And that would bring about more and more revival here uh, for our families, uh, for this city, for nations. Uh, And it's not about just being... A good church or a great church, it's about serving a great God. Let us lose ourselves in you. Let us lose ourselves in our love for you and and how we want to give our lives away for you, whether we are teachers or doctors or business folk or artists. Whatever it is that you've called us to, whatever field, that we would shine your light. Thank you, Lord, for this church in my life and the lives of many families here. I pray over this church that um, whomever comes to it and whomever leads it in in days and years and decades to come, uh, that it would just grow as a light, a beacon for, for you, Jesus, in this city and the world. In your name we pray, amen.